Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, welcome everyone to the distraction reviews. It's Tuesday. We spent an hour doing tech work. I got a new computer. I'm Jeremy Lambert, by the way, joined as always by Joseph Buckets. Joe Holbert. Joe, how are you? Hang on, that is mean. That is twisting the dagger, but it's fine. I currently think we deserve awards for this show. I've decided over the last hour as I watch you try to fix this, make the best of this situation. I, I genuinely was perplexed at the idea that we were sitting here working through all this. Well, I was watching you work through it in order to review Secret Agent Club, and I thought, this is not what I envisioned when we began this journey. But here we are. Um... If we ever are up for an award, please vote with this memory in mind. I know you saw none of it, but we have been here for an hour to talk about this film of all films. So yes, I'm ready, although that uh, introduction hurt a little bit, I must say. Nonetheless. Le- legitimately an hour. I got a new computer, and I've lost all my settings from the previous one with OBS, and I just spent an hour trying to get it fixed. And it was really the audio. We, I, I pitched the idea to do the podcast where Joe has no audio. <laughs> and I thought that would be a great podcast. Uh, people watching on video would just see Joe's mouth move and any mannerisms he makes. People listening would just hear me talk and then have, you know, five, ten minutes of silence before I started talking again. <laughs> To be honest, man, at this point in the game, that may be what this podcast becomes. I don't know. I, I have very few memories of this film, even though I watched it like two hours ago. So we don't know where this will go. That may be what we get after all. But I think, and I know you've got notes too on this one, Jeremy, I think our notes will guide us through uh, this cinematic masterpiece. Because it is something. Or is it something? I took notes for the first half hour of this movie because it was, look, it was the past couple of distraction reviews episodes they live we were on two different planets and then oh river of darkness it just sucked that was a terrible movie so you know it wasn't quite those two movies didn't go with our our typical theme that we do of just bad movies starring wrestlers but over the top comedy that we can make fun of this one 30 minutes in secret agent club starring hulk hogan 30 minutes in i was like oh 
this is this is yeah. good. We're back. Distraction is back. Yeah. And then it just I don't know what happens to this movie. It it spirals off a cliff after thirty minutes and it just becomes it just becomes another bad movie with no like comedy to it or anything. Yeah. It's just a bad, boring movie. Yes. So uh, this set the scene here. So the first, I'm with you, the, the opening kind of portion of this film, the opening third, I guess, right, is like a love letter to the trilogy of Hulk Hogan films <laughs> we've reviewed before. It is like a paying homage to those. And it, it's not as good, I would suggest, but it is still very much like, oh, we've got another Hulk Hogan film to laugh at. Then it becomes just like a sort of, like Hogan isn't in a lot of this film. No. Right? Which is amazing because last week I was fooled by a poster <laughs> with Kurt Angle looking like he's going to shoot people. And then this week we get a poster featuring, by the way, before we get into this, so the poster features two Hulk Hogans as he, you know, both alter egos. I cannot stress to you how little we get of that fun. There's such, and here's the thing I want to tell you, Jeremy. Today, as I prepared myself to experience this film, I Googled Secret Agent Club in order to find the runtime for this film, okay? <laughs> and I want you to know that Google genuinely has this film coming in at 2 hours and 42 minutes. What? Yes. I cannot tell you the terror that went through me when I read that <laughs> number. However, after watching the film, I somewhat believe the notion that there is a 2 hour, 42 minute cut of this film. I'm kind of believing it. Because there's no Hulk Hogan in the film we watched, okay? I don't know what happened here, but it's strange. Um, no, there's no Hulk Hogan. It's 90 minutes, thankfully. Uh, mm. Just 90 minutes. If this was two, if this was nearly three hours, we would not be doing this show. We would, we would just not. I would have, I would have messaged you and been like, I'm not sitting through the rest of this, and you shouldn't sit through it either. So we'll, we'll figure something else out. Um, no, Hulk Hogan is in this film for legitimately what like 20 minutes i'm sure it's yeah. more but it the doesn't ending extends along it like it's one of those films where the finish comes and you're like checked out and ready to go home and it just keeps going yeah and going and go but yeah very much that feels that he's hardly in the film definitely yeah so hulk hogan is a secret agent um and he he's here to steal a ray gun it is pretty much the thing yeah. right he's here to steal yes. his ray gun and I love the opening scene, the first bit. Hogan is is trying to sneak into this mansion where they have the ray gun and everything. Mm -hmm. And he throws the, the little balls, the little rope with the balls attached. And they wrap around this dude's throat. And that kills the dude. Yeah. Like, he throws them so hard that they've wrapped around and choked this man out. Hogan doesn't pull on them to choke no. him or anything he's dead he's just dead and this is yes. when i i was like all right we're good we are good and then look i think the opening scene is great he sneaks into it he steals a little ray gun and everything and then he's got to go to his son's baseball game and he's a he's a dork hulk hogan is a dork by the way yes oh my god yes. i can't imagine what he had to do to get in character for that yeah um so i think you're being a bit unfair you have described this this laser gun as if it's some kind of, this thing is i mean the effects they go with to establish what this thing can do are extraordinary like they shoot humans with it and they just evaporate yeah it's like a thousand they're pieces just, yeah. but the pieces also go they also vanish 
They destroy the person so emphatically that even the pieces are gone by the time the, the dust settles. <laughs> so that's impressive. But I'm with so Hogan. Uh, Jeremy, how would you describe uh, Hulk Hogan's secret agent look here? What would be your choice of, of description for this this look that he has? I thought he was the he used the three ninjas hairpiece, the the yes. like spiky hair and everything. I swear, he stole that hairpiece from the set, and then was just like, <laughs> what about I mean, this? yeah. <laughs> and when he got booked for three ninjas, because he used this hairpiece uh, on a couple of WCW episodes as well, uh, but he he had this hairpiece already, and so when he got booked for three ninjas, like. Oh man, I got I know exactly what I'm gonna wear for this to differentiate myself. And he pulls this hairpiece from the Secret Agent Club and wears it on yes. three ninjas. It's the scene in which he reveals his disguise. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, which I assume anyone insane enough to watch this is, that scene does rule because it's like so ridiculous, right? Like he just like kind of takes this this yeah. mustache and it's like, oh man, foolproof. <laughs> this guy's got it all covered. It's like it's like the uh <laughs> the sting where he's in the crowd and he has the yes. sting and he pulls it off and he still has the sting 100%. face paint it's <laughs> so, exactly what it's like for some context i just checked when this so this was 1996 yeah. this film, yes right pretty relevant year in the hulk hogan <laughs> chronicle and not only it was august 6th so we're looking at august we're what like two months in to nwo yeah. hogan man this film is a glorious mirror to that world right <laughs> But the, the, the few kids that were still like, I'm sticking with him, man. Maybe he's right. Maybe WCW sucks and we need a new world order. He lost all interest the day he watched this film, that kid. Wherever he is, I don't know how many there were. But I'm telling you, I think this was, you know, Bischoff may take credit for all those cool angles they did at Disney and all that stuff. This is the actual heat seeker of Hulk Hogan. This film and all the people that see it, that was the end of their fandom. There's nothing to establish Hogan more as a heel than releasing this motion picture, in my view. That's just me. <laughs> they didn't even promote... Do you think they didn't promote this film because, like, he had just turned heel? And yeah, so that's the reason. They were... <laughs> yeah, that's why, man. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a great film, but, man, he's turned heel. You have to leave it. <laughs> he just turned heel. And so they're like, oh, man, we can't promote this uh, family comedy here with yeah. our new heel star. Because uh, then, then it'll just send a different message to the kids. So we're just going to pretend like it doesn't exist. I, I think that's the actual reason. So, serious question here. Is, what is the name? It's not uh, Vinny Chase. That's the, the horse the Chase? What is his name here? Oh, his Something name Chase. in the actual movie? Yes, they are the Chases, right? Sure, yeah. I wish it, I wish it was Vincent Chase. That would be a very different film. Yeah, that's but, Entourage. Yes. Yeah. He, um, Ray Chase is, he... is his name. Okay. Is he good as a secret agent? Like, is he a good secret agent? Yes. Not his performance. That's right. a much simpler question to tackle. I mean, is he his character good as a secret agent? He question. steals the gun. I mean, he gets sure. the job done. He doesn't okay. die. We have enough time here because this film sucks. Let's break down <laughs> his tactics for that. Yeah? All right. So he jumps a guy who fortunately showed up late to the meeting, takes his uniform, Yes. Already, this is relying on circumstance. Right? He's relying on a guy showing up late. Maybe he, maybe he'd research. That, I don't know. <laughs> His way of of removing the big muscle guy who has like the leg deal, which we're gonna have to get into at our time. <laughs> but his way of doing that is not some like kind of slick, like never saw it coming attack. He just punches him. Yeah, in the he just hits him. Yeah. And then looks at him. And he's like, 
oh yeah, he's falling over, good. And then his escape route is he'll run, and if someone gets close enough, he'll punch them. <laughs> Am I wrong? This is what happened, right? This is all established in the first ten minutes. Look, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how you get it done, Joseph. As long as you get the job done, did he escape with the gun or not? He got it. He got yeah. the gun. But I just question the kind of preparation that went into this. You know what? You know what? He really had to rely on more than the this guy showing up late for the meeting, more than being able to to punch out Rex. He really had to rely on Rex, Rex being the worst shot I've ever seen. He has it, about twenty different opportunities to kill Hogan. He's using a machine gun, or at least an yes. automatic gun, and it's not like Hogan is far off or anything. Like this is an easy shot, and he misses him. Every single time. I know mm-hmm. the I know the joke in a lot of action movies is like, oh yeah, these bad guys can't shoot and whatnot. Like I get it, I get that's just it's what mm-hmm. happens in these action. This is your top bad guy in the movie. Like your oh, number yeah. one. Yeah. He's the, yeah. the, the female is the like actual bad person, but like this is the, the top protector. And he just cannot shoot a lick. Like not a lick at all. Yes, I think also it's worth um mentioning that this is sort of made worse and emphasized by the fact Jeremy, that Hulk Hogan's run is truly <laughs> I remember when we did um, the Marine 25 featuring Randy Orton and I was like I don't think Randy Orton's ever run before like, I don't know if I've ever seen this 12 guy. rounds 2 yeah. by the way not the 12 Marine rounds 2 same film um, <laughs> and here we have a scenario where you know Hulk Hogan's like mini run when he drops the leg in a, in a wrestling ring that is just like his whole run, but he never drops the leg. Like he's doing like this waiting. sort of stagger run, you know? Like I'm waiting for him to do a leg drop. It never comes. He just keeps running. When Weird. he goes over the cliff, I was waiting for the leg drop. I was like, <laughs> oh, this man's not just going to jump. He's got he's to do the full-on leg into the water. Yes. yes, that would have. So that's how he escapes, right? He does that. And as you said, uh, you correctly said, he is a dork. He then shows up to his kid's baseball game, much to his, his, his kid's surprise. Yeah, his surprise. kid hates his dad. He's yes, like, oh, he God, this dork. And he's a big goof, right? Everyone laughs at him. He can't catch the ball, but he does catch the ball. Um, <laughs> what is, I, guess, I guess it's been established that Hogan is just, he's a geek. Like, everyone seems to know it. Everyone's just like, oh, yes. here, comes, here comes geek Hulk Hogan, Ray Chase. And mm-hmm. everyone's just laughing at him, like, oh, yeah, get in there and stuff. So this has just been established in, in this universe. Yeah, he comes in, he, the ball. This, this man, by the way, at the plate is so confident. He's like, I'm going to hit this ball directly to you. Yes. And there's yes. nothing you can do about it. I appreciate that level of confidence. My favorite part is the, the ball's in the air. And Hulk is like, oh, everyone's cringing, like, oh, my God, he's going to drop it. I was like, yeah, let's go. And then he gives the camera look. He gives the camera, like, the little wink as well. And then he's like, yeah, I got it. And then he catches it. But he, then he still falls over. They look like, oh, oh, did I get Oh, I did get it. Yeah. <laughs> tremendous. Tremendous yes. acting by the Hulkster. Yeah, he's summing in this. <laughs> I, I was, there was a point in this film where I was like, I think he's better. And then my take on that quickly changed, especially with his closing <laughs> sequence in this in this film. But yeah, so are we agreeing that this film is actually two hours and 42 minutes long and we just saw a 90 minute cut? Because like, <laughs> it's so much stuff is established to me that I have no, I do not see in this film. No, the, get, the, the other yeah. hour and 15 minutes of this film are that the, the fucking kid going, where is it? Where is it? Oh, where is well, it? That, yeah. oh, I okay. hate you. Where is it? Where? 
I I wanted to kill myself. I it wanted... was so brutal. It was so bad. Yes. It can't go into words. So <laughs> we meet uh, Hogan's son here, Mr. Chase's son. And that is so he, the baseball will explain that catch, uh, wink at the camera. And he wants pizza, correct, Jeremy? Yeah. He wants pizza. <laughs> and Hogan, he, it was explained somewhere in here that bless the Chase family, uh, young Hogan's son, is he's without his mother, right? That's the deal here. Hogan has lost his wife. Very sad. I apologize to the Chase family. However, <laughs> this appears to be linked in some way to the pizza, which was interesting to me. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that. But he has to get the laser back to the toy store, doesn't he? That we agree on, right? Yeah, he's got a. I didn't get the. That it felt like they just shoehorned. They're like, oh yeah, yes. the wife died. <laughs> like yeah, because the guy he works with, like Hogan's like Japanese friend that he works with at the store is like the kid literally just goes, like, I wish I had some pizza or something. And he's like, well, your mum died. So maybe <laughs> like, hey, that seems, that seems like a stretch, man. He can still have pizza, right? Like, but Hogan's struggling with this like internal conflict, which as you said, is very surface level. Like, I mean, you got to look to even care about that. Um, he's trying to hide this gun. And then the son also sees the gun, right? And then what happens? There's a police chase, but they're not real policemen, correct? They do a car chase, right? Right. This is what happens next. Right. And Hogan just immediately exposes these secrets and does like all <laughs> gadgets and weapons and blows up police cars, which is amazing. But yeah, that's next. I think. Yeah, he doesn't even pretend that he's still trying to keep this away. I mean, I guess he's done a good job being a secret agent all these years, and now yes. this is the way it came out because he just. Like you said, just immediately. He's like, oh, yeah, let me press this button in the car and shoot off some rockets from the back. Uh, Hogan is a tremendous driver. Uh, it's clearly, yes. this is so clearly a stunt double. Like, I, I can forgive these things. This, it was just so obvious. They weren't even trying to hide that. In one in one shot, it's, Hogan isn't wearing glasses anymore because he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's revealed the, the disguise and everything. And then you see the shot where the stunt double is like still wearing the glasses and everything. Like, I didn't even on. notice. Oh that yeah, course. oh yeah. I was like, come on, guys. You got at least at least try to fool me here. Um, yeah, Hogan sweet. just explodes. He just smashes into the back of the police car. Yes. The, the son gets Rex shows back up and chases the the kid and everything. Mm-hmm. And then Hogan is just captured and taken away. And that's like the last we see of him until the last fifteen minutes. Hey, except for the where yes. is it? nonsense i don't think we've given enough credit to how funny he's like just immediate reveal is because <laughs> so when he takes his like wig off you know the hairpiece deal he just puts it like in the there's not any secret place for it right like the first <laughs> compartment he's like bang there it goes <laughs> and he may as well say to his kid when the, the cars are chasing he may as well be like hey man push that uh, rocket button there and when you do it, fumble past my fake hairpiece when I'm a secret agent. Do that, huh? Because the kid's are like, oh, this, my dad has like fake hair. This is strange, and he doesn't even he doesn't even react. He, but I guess the idea is he's he knows how like dangerous this attack is, I guess. But yet still, his son believes it's just like toy business stuff. Yeah, which is. I he mean, still, look, he still believes it's toy business even after all yes. of this because he finds out his dad's captured he goes and meets with his friends in the the secret club and whatnot and then they're just like 
oh yeah, the toy. Like that's what it's got to be. Like it, standard. Everybody, kidnapping. yeah, everybody's after the toy. They, my dad has rockets in his car because they, these people really want this toy from him. Yes. I, so then he goes to he goes to the actual secret agent club, right? And this is when I got very scared, and I was right to be scared because that's when I realized this film is about those kids, and it is not about yes. our friend. Tom. But that's very that's very sad for sake of this podcast. So, like, two minutes after not believing this at all, his friend's like, don't worry, we'll help save your dad's life. <laughs> Look, is this, what's happening here? This is still when they believe this is a toy business deal, by the way. They, what is going on? How are they all so accepting this? Is there a TV series that came before this film that we have missed? <laughs> well, this is, this is the cut. I mean, this is, again, this is yes. the stuff that they had to cut out. There was a long montage of, like, uh, the kid's name is Jeremy, explaining oh, wow. everything. Yeah. I was, Look, when Hogan is yelling at Jeremy, I was, I was very uh, disturbed <laughs> by all of this while I was watching, all right? Um, but there's a long montage where... He's explaining to his friends like everything that happened, and they're like, "Oh, okay, like we can we can buy this." So they go to the toy mm-hmm. store, and um, the the Japanese friend is there, or he gets beat up. He's dead essentially. Yes. Like Rex comes in and wrecks him, and throws. <laughs> he tossed the whole toy bookshelf on him. I know mm-hmm. something, but he tossed the whole shelf on him, and it's just underneath it. And they come and discover him, and like his legs are like twitching. Does the Devon Dudley? leg twitch yes. there and then the his grandson comes in and he's like hey what are you guys doing here what's going on and he's like what are you doing here and he's like grandfather <laughs> yes that is what happens but have we explained the situation with rex his legs squeak yeah he's right? got he's got a bionic leg did you after it squeaked the 400th time in his first scene <laughs> did you know that and they kept shooting it just individually his leg did you get that it was that right you didn't need to be reminded every single time he came on screen i assume i looked up who this guy was because he looks very familiar okay um he looks kind of like a kurt russell i don't, I don't know if you got that tough he, tough on kurt nah, very tough i mean look uh but his name is richard mole he has okay. been in so many films like I don't, I don't think he's gotten. It's not like big roles or anything. So yeah. many films, and I mean most of the films are shit like this is. But th- this man just has a lot of credits on his IMDb. He's one of those like. He's probably in a movie you've seen, and you're like, oh yeah, it's that dude, and you just you don't know. Yeah. there. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. You do realize. Uh, that Kurt Russell was just like punch the wall. He listens to this every week. You know that, right? <laughs> well, He's like, look, damn it. Look, Kurt, if you want to come on our show and, and talk about a film you are not in, you're more than welcome to come on the show. Do you think we could get Richard Mole? He can't be doing much. He hasn't had a movie since uh, 2018. He's probably not doing much. I hope he's not passed. That would be I mean, sad. I have nothing negative to say about him in this film. Okay. So he's in a rarefied air in that sense, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I have an issue with the fact they shoot his leg every single time he goes screen, but he's fine uh, being the man who gets punched in the face. That's fine. Okay, Jeremy, it's time for us to tackle the thing you mentioned a moment ago. So, explain. So, virtual reality is the system this 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 gentleman, this doctor, has, has cracked the code of, and this effectively means that they always like pull out the worst faults in Mister Chase's mind, right? Yes. And so, what scenes play out? We have the one where they're at the dinner table, 
and he like he's like where is it and he's running across the table and then the other one is much heavier and they're at like the gravesite of, of their of his mother and uh, mr chase's wife why did i have to watch these scenes why did they keep repeating the same line of dialogue <laughs> over and where is it what happened who is worse in the scene at the dinner table, Hogan or the, the child, in terms of acting? So many questions. <laughs> I'm glad this annoyed you as much as it did me, because it was infuriating. <laughs> this is when the film officially turns to being yes. awful. Like, yeah. the, the clear point of, like, yeah, there's no return. This sucks. Uh, the, the kid is worse than Hogan. This kid. This is when I, I messaged you, and I was very excited, because it was 30 minutes in. And, yeah, like, the kid was super annoying and, and super bad and everything. And... I was the first where is it? I was like, okay, this is this sucks. And then like it's just repeated throughout the film. I really thought they were setting up for this kid to get punched. And that's why I was excited. I was like, oh my god, this kid's gonna get punched. Joseph is gonna be like, this is the greatest film of all time. They punched the kid in the face. I don't know, they threw him off of something. What whatever. And then that never happened, and I was so angry that this kid did not get punched in the face incredible i mean you legitimately message me <laughs> only 30 minutes in they are setting up some good things i don't think you'll be disappointed yeah and i never once thought that by setting up good things you meant the kid <laughs> may get punched yeah. in the face. glorious i thought I'm this kid weird. was gonna get punched and i was very excited for this and he never got punched when we make uh the secret agent club 2 this kid's getting fucking wrecked <laughs> This is the darkest subplot of the podcast by far. It's my fault, to be clear. But I'm glad you're embracing it too. Uh, so yes, this is when this film, it becomes very apparent to you that the Secret Agents Club is actually all the kids and this is like just a generic, bad, like coming of age movie, right? Like it's like, it just sucks. There's no Hogan for a long time other than when you see him getting operated in virtual reality world, which is, um, it's something. So then they, they get the gun. Yeah. Where was the gun? It was in the car. <laughs> Where was the gun? I can't remember this now. They got the gun. Just in... No, it was... Um, was it in the car? I don't remember. Was it at the, the scene... toy store? I don't know, because I remember the scene where they were like trying to drive off in that car, you know? And and, the, and Rex was chasing after Yeah, him. Rex was chasing them, and then they run oh. into the magician, who they're supposed to be able to hey. trust. But this, they... is, this is a bold play. Uh, <laughs> this is always in depth, so... I'm going to break down what happened and you can make up your own mind as to how odd this is. <laughs> a white van pulls up yeah, and tells the kid to get in his van. No, no, no. Red Wait, van. before that, he the white van does pull up and say, get in the yes. van. They're getting chased by Rex. This is, again, Rex being a terrible shot. Yes. The the man pulls up and Rex is shooting. And the, they're, the kids are on bikes, by the way. Kids are on bikes. And they... They try to run him over. Yeah, and the man, and the man goes. They try to run him over. The black kid, he's a BMX pro, and that's yes. how uh, uh, Rex Rex. Uh, did you did you catch that? By the way, Joseph, this is straight sure. out of WWE when he yes. wrecks his car and his license plate says Rex because that's his name. And he uh, strong brand, yeah. strong brand. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, but but the dude, I think his like name is like Max. The dude's like get down, and the kids are like sitting on their bikes, and they just like duck their heads like this. On their yes. bike, on their bike pedals, like they're still just like standing, and Rex still can't shoot them. <laughs> yes. Um. So they get in this white van. Yeah, they just get in the van. I'm here to confirm to you that this is as bad a decision as it sounds. This <laughs> this proves to be a false choice, um, which is incredibly silly. 
I was in awe of the guy. So this is fake Max. This is a guy pretending to be someone else, effectively. Right, guys? The one who's in the spam. And he does this thing where, like, he's driving the van. But he's just like this. Like, he's, like, looking this way. And you can see that the van is moving. And he's talking to the kids. He's like, yeah, I know, Mr. Hogan. Yeah, he's great. And it's like... And then it becomes clear to me, I reach, like, a crossroads of... This guy is either the worst actor ever or he's trying to make it abundantly clear that they shouldn't be in his van. And thankfully, it was the latter because he could not seem like more untrustworthy throughout. Right? The way he's like walking around, the way he's te- he tells him the truth about um, Mr. Chase. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that this wasn't just bad acting and he, I mean, it is bad acting either way, but it, he's like trying to project the fact that he's not to be trusted. At least that's the case. It could have been a lot darker based on the white van, but that's a, that's a topic for another day. Not going to get into it here. But boy, some undertones here, Jeremy. It's getting tough at this point. He's a magician. <laughs> I laughed. Dude, when the, he has them on the couch at the, at the home or whatever, and he's just like talking to him, he's like, yes check behind your ear like oh oh checking your hands oh you got the you got the little silver yeah. dollar and everything i felt like this scene went for like 30 minutes like dude you, like you just gotta shoehorn these like these magician stuff in here yes. like what what is the point of this and the point is to set up that he can you know do the little smoke bombs and escape that's like it <laughs> that's the whole point yes. of like we got to establish this guy as a magician so when he we, he uses the smoke bombs it's like oh okay all right that makes sense of why he has those yeah i mean so he so what happens is the real max shows up and the japanese kid kicks his ass because yeah. because he's japanese he knows martial arts is i believe the pop point i mean yeah. that's established right they go i'm pretty sure at one point there's a line of dialogue where the other kids go japanese <laughs> yeah arts. exactly Hogan probably put that in there, right? Like, if you're, if like, you're, have you ever seen that gif in which I put an armbar on someone in New Japan? Bro, they do it different over there. It's like, uh, if you're Japanese, you just come out of the womb as like a purple belt in martial arts or something. He goes, he goes full stance yeah. too. It's like, man, they are not even... And by the way, if you thought I was... So that's the real Max. He gets beaten up by the Japanese kid, which then allows the fake Max to lead them into a trap, which is Rex. Yes. Many things here. If you think I was, uh, my dark sense of humor was allowing me to see things that wasn't there in terms of a man in a van asking kids to get in, I want you to know that when he turns heel, he says, get in the van, kiddies. Hey, <laughs> I'm not seeing things that ain't there. This thing is in there, okay? This guy's a weird guy. Um, so, yes, this is when it's explained that this was always set up, and when he stopped Rex from getting the kids and, like, fired shots at him... It was just to fool them? Like, what? Yeah, that was it. So how much of this was set up? Rex's whole chase was set up to lead them to that point. This is like wrestling levels of <laughs> contrived terms. They like, had to... Max, fake Max, had to earn the kids' trust. And so by doing this, you know, you work against your opponent here. This is this is totally pro wrestling levels of like... It's... Yeah, uh, what was it? Austin, Austin McMahon. It's totally that. Of like, McMahon has to be like, oh yeah, I gotta earn Austin's trust and everything. And then he's just the higher power. It's like, why... Why'd you do all that? Like, you're in charge yeah. here. You could have just taken him out. You didn't have to do all this nonsense. Yes. It's like the deal when a guy comes out to, like, betray someone after 25 minutes of wrestling. It's like, man, <laughs> that guy had a lot of faith in them kicking out of stuff, huh? Like, wow. Um, so, yes, I did enjoy this scene. Uh, and by enjoy, I mean found incredibly painful. The scene in which they were looking at, like, 
Um, after they found out that Hogan was an agent, they were like looking at his resume. And like, either I mistake, mistook this or just, you know, my brain freaked out. But it appeared that every line they read, the kid would be like, 1990, killed two guys. <laughs> 1991, killed four guys. And I was like, are they using the same shot and just changing the number? What's happening? <laughs> Some of the, you said about the magician scene, that one wasn't it for me. This scene appeared to go on for four hours. I was sitting there like, what are you doing in 98? Just get on with it, please. Oh, man, it's much longer. And then they leave before they can see that the real Max is not the one with the white van. Yeah. Which then leads into the trap we just mentioned. Um, yeah. They, the, the trap, I mean, they go, you know, they, they reconnect with the black kid and he's like, okay, well, where'd you hide it? They take him to this underground. They go to Raw Underground and there's a bunch of uh, hooligans down there. He's like, I told you I hid it in a good place. They do this big scene. They shoot the gun and then it hits the mirror 15 times and then it, it hits Max and he's got, you know, 13 holes in him. He doesn't disintegrate though. Like I thought, I thought they were supposed to disintegrate off of the gun. It just has holes in them. Do we see the gun again after this? Maybe the gun changed. Yeah, I think I thought we see the gun afterward. I mean, it's the same gun, right? But does it like disintegrate anyone after this? You know? Oh, I don't. I don't recall. I kind of stopped paying attention to this movie by by the time they break into the base or whatever. Maybe, like, you know how, like, some albums, you can listen to them the other way around for a different perspective? Maybe you're supposed to watch this film knowing that the gun actually gets lost at the 25-minute mark. <laughs> at that point, he's like, okay, so here's the funny part, guys. The gun is no longer in this film. <laughs> They're now just chasing that it doesn't exist, which that would be bold. I mean, I, I actually think now next week's review will be that. I've decided, Jeremy, next week we're going to review this film under those. It's definitely not. I'm kidding. So, I See, my, my theory is that, like, because it hit the mirror so many times, it takes away like the force, like that wow. saps the energy. I think that's worse from the laser, and that saps the energy from the laser, and so that's why it doesn't disintegrate. It just turns into like a regular laser gun that puts holes in you. So, how do they get? Okay, so he sets that trap. Then they kill Fake Max, and then they decide to try and save Hulk Hogan, right? I'm correct here. Yes. And then they, like, dig to get under the fence. Why was the, the larger kid so scared of the fence? And was it simply That literally was it? Yeah. Okay, I wanted to make sure. They didn't want to get caught. They didn't play it, though, because he got through easily. I was very confused. I didn't know if it was just going to be fat hijinks, but there was no more fat talk. He had fun after that, saving Hulk Hogan. I didn't know. <laughs> I just made sure. Jeremy, I'm just making sure. Okay, you're the pro here. I'm just bringing the questions. So... Then they save Hulk Hogan, right? And <laughs> they set up this bit where Hogan is seen now for like 12 days, a recurring shot of his son saying to him, where is it? Where is it? And you're like, oh, man, what's going to happen is his actual son is going to take the thing off and Hogan's going to still think it's like an imagination or yeah. a virtual reality. And he said, Hogan's like, hey, son, how you doing, man? Shouldn't have come here, but I'm glad you did. You saved my life. And it's like, what's... Hogan's like he just carries on. It's yeah, terrible. Hogan's like, oh, I guess you know I'm a secret agent and stuff now. Like, all right, you know, good let's job. Just kill these guys. Yeah, let's get out of here. <laughs> because earlier in the film, in the the infamous car scene in which he reveals himself, he, there's this funny little bit, and it's I would dare say it's a joke, where Hulk is doing all these crazy things. He's making cars blow up and stuff, 
And his son's like, damn. And he's like, hey, what's your language? And it's like, oh, that's fun. Like, he's so, he doesn't get it, right? And then at this point, he's just like, let's just blow people up, kid. <laughs> he, he, this film was a big evolution for him. Um, then, so once they're all together, the film goes like full Home Alone, in which an actual secret agent allows kids to like set traps for fully, fully grown adults and just high fives them when it works. Which is, I mean, sure, man. This sequence in which they just beat everyone up, unless I'm mistaken, was 12 hours long. I'm pretty sure it was. Yes. I mean, this is... I was waiting for the film to finish, and it was like, oh, I've got another guy beat up. And then I realised the main villains wasn't even dead yet. No. And they meet... I mean, they meet an incredible fate, don't they? So, so this explains... <laughs> what happens here, Jeremy? Take it. I don't know. The slinky... <laughs> <laughs> the slinky killing Rex because it slinks down onto they got all these toys you know they Hogan works at a toy store I guess so yes. they 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 stocked up on all these toys before they break into this base which you're right it is total just home alone of like let's let's yeah. get some gack and some silly putty and some slinkies and stuff and this is how we're gonna defeat secret agents or you know henchmen and and bad guys with guns and stuff gack will definitely stop them all right everyone um but the slinky slinks down on say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill to the guy's leg you know they they made sure to remind you that this guy has a whatever bionic leg the only thing that can stop it is the slinky yes i mean there is something to be said for a guy watching home alone and being like man cool idea imagine this five kids and hulk hogan i five of them in doing like imagine <laughs> Like, imagine Hogan's just standing there at all times like, good idea. I'm glad I didn't think of anything at all as a secret agent professional of fighting people. I had nothing. <laughs> glad you guys are here. Um, and then... Well, so as, then you said, Hogan, right. as you said, Hogan's secret agent plan is pretty much this. Yes. <laughs> when, he, when he steals the gun initially, he, all he was missing was the toys. Yes. It's, it's something, man. I, I don't know. This... You really wanted this end to like make the last half an hour worthwhile, 45 minutes worthwhile, and it does the opposite. It's like, oh man, this was it. This was all we were getting to. And then the main villain is blown up while like kids smile and laugh, which is. She got trapped sure. underneath the. Uh, it was like mousetrap. Yes. Yes. And then Rex is like, say please. Or what does he say? He does something. What does Rex do here? I don't remember. Do you remember there was this thing, Jeremy, where. <laughs> She would ask Rex to do, or Rex would do something badly, and he'd be like, "I won't do it again," or something like that. Do you remember this? No. And at the end, she's like, "Stop that thing from blowing us all up." And Rex is like, "Say please." She's like, "Please," and he's like, "You won't do it again," or something like that. And then he just walks off, and they all die. And kids <laughs> smile and cheer. So here's the deal. There's a clear sequel here to be set up. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. The slip and slide. Oh yeah, they... <laughs> I'd scrap that from the mind after the fact joke was dismissed. I see. You remembered all the death and stuff. I forgot all of that stuff, and I just remember the slip and slide is how they escaped because <laughs> they're <laughs> running to get out of here, and they they make sure to mention like, oh yeah, to get to get back underneath, like 
that could be really tough. That's going to cost us a lot of time and stuff. Yes. It's just a slip and slide set up. And so they all go, they dive onto that and that sends them through the hole and the fence underneath the fence. And that's how they escape. And then the people behind them just can't use the slip and slide. They have no idea how this works, even though they just saw 10 people use it. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see the part where they didn't know how to use it. I did see when each kid would run up, they'd take one shot of them running and then yeah. like a close up of them being like, yeah, slip and slide every single time for all five kids. And it was like, okay, I think I get it. Slip and slide. Cool. Um, I also like that going back to death, when Hogan is like, yeah, I want it, I've got it to self-destruct. It's going to blow up in 30 seconds. They're like, what is, why have you not told us this? Already? Why are you standing here when that thing is about to blow up? And he's like, yeah, good point. Let's get these kids out. Like, this is... So, okay, are we ready to talk plans for a sequel? Yes. I know it's been a long time. Okay, so I want to go full like it with this. I want to do a sequel in which all of those kids and our adults and Rex, or like Rex has survived. His legs survived, right? <laughs> Like, I want to do a deal where they have to come back together and they've all removed this from their memory because it was so traumatic. That's what I want to do. We need a wrestler for, like, all of the kids in this film. That's what I want to do, okay? We need an annoying lead because this kid is infuriating. <laughs> what professional wrestler are we going with for that role? Uh, to be an annoying lead, all right. I don't know off the top of my head. Like, there's plenty of annoying people. I don't want to offend anybody, Okay. Um, cause you gotta make it, you gotta make it bad as well. Yeah. Seth yeah. Rollins. Yes. So annoying. Okay. Incredibly annoying. <laughs> Good fit. And who else do we have? We need a, we need a female. We, we need, need a martial female. arts expert. Akira Tozawa. I mean, they've already booked that for in, us. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's been inspired by <laughs> yeah. this film. Now that I think about it. Okay, I mean, this is, I must admit, this film is now sounding a lot less appealing as I start to sort of visualize it in my head. <laughs> now, scrap the kids. Who would be Rex? Let's do this. Kurt it's Russell. like a fan of Rex. A fan of Rex who found the leg. <laughs> and he's, here. he's here to avenge poor Rex who lost his leg. Still who Seth Rollins. I want to film with Seth Rollins, okay? Listen, we'll review that so quick because... <laughs> I'll finally have grounds to be like actually critical without just being mean. It'll be like, yeah, this film actually sucks. So, Seth, Seth's a good fit. Very versatile. So, you've been doing this film on Raw recently, Jeremy. I don't know if you know this Messiah thing. Very subtle. Very subtle with the way he does it. Takes some influences from certain places. Very, very sharp. You should check it out sometime. Where's the glove? You've noticed the glove, oh, Justin? Only one. Only one. And that symbolizes something that someone in a Twitter thread can explain to you. I don't know. But it's real good. I know it's real good. I've been told. About it. Uh, we're we're booking Seth Rollins in one of these sequels. I don't think we've used Seth yet. I, I feel like yeah. he would. We he's got to be a heel because he's got to do his laugh. Like just imagine yeah. Seth like doing his laugh as, as Rex. Yeah. I I think I think regardless whatever no, if, we do, we're booking. If Seth If you Rollins. want him as a heel, he needs to be Hogan's son. That kid's the biggest heel in this whole film. <laughs> That's true. You literally wanted him to get punched in the face. That was your main motivation. <laughs> yeah, but I needed I needed as a kid though. I want to beat up the kid, not Seth Rollins. I mean, we could beat up Seth Rollins, but we can beat up Seth Rollins' kid. Is it us now? Is it us? We're the ones doing the beating up. This is taking an even darker turn. I'm pretty sure you just said the exact quote. We need to beat up the kid. Yeah, as as filmmakers, we need to beat up the kid. Okay, I understand. That sounds better. I hope that when people clip this, 
for an inevitable no context Twitter well, the, account. Why didn't they I think of the Miz? I apologize to Seth Rollins for calling him more annoying than He would Miz. be good. Yeah. He would be very good because he has that kind of like he's trying so hard to be a good guy that you're like, oh man, please just stop. You know, yeah. and that's that kid very much has this. And I like the Miz, which kind of sums it up, right? <laughs> so <laughs> All right, so yeah, we have we have the, the Miz. We have the Miz as the lead. The Miz has a kid who is getting beat up, and we have Seth as Rex. I think that's where we're at. Okay. It sounds worse every time I think about it. <laughs> this may be the first potential sequel that we just have to scrap. I don't think this is going to get funding. The rest of them got funding very quickly. I don't know if this one will get that funding. Come on. A lead, a lead film with Seth Rollins and The Miz? This will sell like gangbusters. WrestleMania headliners. So wait, Seth has never done any WWE studios? No, come. I don't think so. I mean, I can look it up, but I'm fairly certain... Man, I guess when you're doing character work at that level, you're doing a film every Monday night, right? You're making a new motion picture every Monday night. That's exactly, exactly. Everyone, so Dean Ambrose in WWE did a film, right? Yeah, he did uh, 12 Rounds 3. Tony Khan's favorite movie. That's strong. I was genuinely about to ask if we'd ever reviewed that film. That's how much damage this this show's done to me. I no longer know what films we've reviewed and what we haven't. We've not. But okay. just wait for my pick. Oh, <laughs> is it time to rate this film, Jeremy? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, I'm looking okay. to see if Seth Rollins has done any any type of movies. Oh, he did this movie called Armed Response. Oh yes. What year are we talking here? Wesley Snipes is in it. 2017. They've kept that very very quiet because I I have no idea what this is. He's the fourth from the top. But I wonder oh. how much screen time he actually has. Because, like, I don't want to watch this movie and then Seth is in it for five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Look, man, you definitely could have just stopped at, I don't want to watch this movie. But like, you didn't need to. <laughs> you need to add that condition on it. It was fine. None of us want to watch the film. Just, just leave it there as an idea that we never would go back to. It's fine. He's also it's fine. in Sharknado 4. They did a lot of Sharknado movies. And I feel yes, like right. wrestlers have been yes. in a few of them. Many cameos, right? Yeah. For the wrestlers? Yeah. They're not the Just stars, make sure though. we avoid those. <laughs> make sure, make sure we avoid those at all costs. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, by the way, I like that you you seem to suggest that like Seth's filmography section of his Wikipedia would provide insight into your rating on this film. Oh <laughs> I no, like, no, I was I was just trying to you, like, you know no, want to see Seth. <laughs> I was trying to set up for the for the next film potentially because I have one in mind, but. Okay. I also wanted to see, um, you know, if, if maybe we could circumvent that and we would we would go with the Seth Rollins film. But I'm not seeing a Seth Rollins film, unfortunately. What a terrible shame. <laughs> that means you have to go with your original pick of tying together every Firefly Funhouse segment ever and stringing it together, right? I wonder oh. how long that film would be. Every Firefly Funhouse. They did that in the early days of the Funhouse, and it was already up to, like, a half hour. This was, like, I don't remember, probably, like, two months into the Funhouse run. They put out a video that was, oh, every Firefly Funhouse ever. And now, you know, we've got a year of this stuff. So I can only imagine, only imagine what it is. You do realize that, like, in 2040, Bray's going to release, like, the Wyatt Cut, and it's going to be like, man, finally, his <laughs> ideas are out there. He's got all this footage that's never been used, I'm certain. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be great. Okay, are you ready to rate this film, Jeremy? Yes, I know you've let been me pull up the master ratings here. Okay. Do you, this is a, a ridiculous question, but I'm asking it. 
Do you recall when we did like the best Hulk Hogan's and we ranked yes. every version? Yeah. Do we have any recollection of those results? Um, I had Suburban Commando number one. I think Rip was was overall number one though. Okay. I think we agreed that Rip was tops. Do we agree that neither version in this film no. gets anywhere? Near, no. Right? No. This is below the his yeah. WCW. This is just bottom. It started off promising. It really did. Him trying to play like yeah. a dork and stuff, like it was promising stuff of like, oh yeah, we're gonna get like cool badass secret agent Hulk Hogan. We're gonna get mm-hmm. dorky dad Hulk Hogan. And then he's yes. just trapped in virtual reality listening to where is it? for 20 hours it sucked that's why next week you need to pick the two hour 42 minute car <laughs> including watching it knowing the gun disappears after 30 minutes that's what we need to do next week okay what's the lowest i've given a hulk hogan film um give me one second the lowest okay. you have given a hulk hogan film you have no holds barred a five i think you were just you were like uh it was a bad movie but it was a great distraction movie you you yeah. You copped out on your rating there. I'm not going to lie. You gave Suburban Commando <laughs> a five, and you gave Mr. Nanny an eight. So two fives. Mr. Nanny got an eight. Wow. That, was a, that must have been a strange day in, in my life. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I think this is much worse than any of those. I'm giving this... Oh, man. I want to say a three, and that feels generous. This sucks, dude. The, the last hour of this film is truly horrific. I think we've actually been too kind in like having fun talking about it. This is terrible. I hated every minute of it, <laughs> other than slight moments of the first 20 minutes. Because I don't even think it's half an hour. I think it's 20 minutes. So this is very bad. Three is my score. All right. I Three is above the main event, which I feel is a little wrong. I thought the main event was better than this. <laughs> I don't think anyone... I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't think anyone's going to be fighting over that tomorrow. Oh, Holbert <laughs> you gave screwed it, the main You gave again. Baywatch a one, by the way, which is still just, Actually. I cannot, cannot believe that. Yes. Uh, I'm yes. I'm giving this film uh, three three quarters of a star. That's It's slightly above the Marine 6 and below, I didn't give anything like one star. So wow. three quarters of a star. Wow, it's like a, a Randy Savage match in a WCW pay-per-view where it's like, man, Randy still got it, and then <laughs> stuff happens. <laughs> that's, that's what happened here. It's, yeah, it's very sad. By the way, I know we were going to do basketball talk, but I actually think this ain't more important to discuss, Jeremy. As you know, the founding member yes. of this program... I was going to bring this up. Yes, has said farewell, no more. The Big Show Show. Very sad. It's, it's, it's done. There's no more. We will never revisit. Um, is he? What was his name? It was just Show. His name was Big yeah, Show. His name was just Show. <laughs> okay. I was going to go with Mr. One. I thought, no, he actually is just Show. We will never revisit his house. We will. All of the hijinks. He's, oh, he's, we will. Oh, what's happening here? There is a Christmas special. There is a Christmas special. You're I don't kidding. know when it's going to come out. I assume around Christmas. They've already filmed it, and it's going to be released at some point. And we are 100% reviewing this. Well, I'm so happy about this. <laughs> because it can only be like, what, max 40 minutes? Yeah. At the absolute, <laughs> what a result. I can't believe the path that show has led us down. That will be the show's lit, like lasting legacy. You know that, right? Yes. That will be what people remember it for. Man, that's what started them on that path that drove them insane. I'd never forget. 
It's very sad, though. I mean, I'm sure you shed a tear last night, Jeremy. Right? I did. I had to. I, I wrote the story during Raw, and oh, I was, wow. I, I was just heartbroken. That yeah. I was like, oh my god, the thing, you know, the thing that launched the distraction reviews is now out yeah. of our life. I mean, it lives forever on Netflix, but we're not Maybe. getting. Maybe not, man. I don't know. Nah, Maybe they want to erase it. Netflix. They'll keep it on Netflix. But we're, you know, we're not getting uh, a second season or a third or a fourth. We're, we're just not getting more of the big show show. And that's I very loved, sad. I loved how it dead set you were. They keep it on there, man. I <laughs> <laughs> you reached out to them. Listen, man, no way. They're not getting rid of that show. They know what it means to us. Dude, Netflix keeps so many shows around. Yeah. Like, you couldn't keep the Big Show show around for us. I don't care about anybody. You you touted that as, like, oh, yeah, top five, most most viewed when it first came out. Like, great, great stuff. Did really well. And then you just, it's done. I don't get yeah. it. So are we assuming this is a COVID deal, right? Like, this um, has got to be, like, just a cut cost thing, right? I guess. I guess it is. I, I really, I don't know. You don't know about the inner workings of Netflix, no, no Jeremy, I, man. Yes, no, game idea. Man. <laughs> no idea why they why they got this. Up. I just like it always seemed like a strange show for them to make, but like from what I can tell, it did relatively good, like as far as traction and such. I mean, we reviewed it. How bad can it be, yeah. right, Jeremy? That's how it works, yeah. <laughs> so, I hope uh, that Show is okay. I hope he bounces back with another big role soon. I'm sure he'll appear in some of those films they make now and pretend was made 20 years ago for us to review <laughs> too. I'm sure he'll be turning up as like a zombie soon to fight Kurt Angle in that town that Kurt just walks around and asks about religion oh, in. Oh, God. Yes. But I just wanted to mention it because he's very sad. Now, what wasn't very sad, and I know we may be short on time, I don't know. What wasn't very sad, Jeremy, was Russell Westbrook having his best fourth quarter <laughs> as a Thunder player in at least seven years. Incredible moments. Walk us through it. The joy that you experienced. I know we spoke a little off air, but just for the audience, let's talk about it. Look, I, I love Russell Westbrook. He'll always have a place in my heart for everything he did for the OKC Thunder. I was so happy when he airballed a mid-range jumper and then just threw the ball out of bounds in the final minute of that game and OKC won. It was so refreshing to see that happen to not my team and actually work for my team. Like even if he just does this, if he does, if they're playing the jazz or something and he does this, I would feel bad. I'd be like, all right, Russ, you know, that, mm -hmm. that sucks. Like be better. But I would at least be like, ain't going to slander my team on Twitter. That <laughs> thankfully that, you know, I don't have to go on Twitter and be like, Oh, Russ thunder sucks. Could have won, blew it. Cause of Russ. Like, yep. They ain't talking about my team anymore. Ain't not talking about my point guard. The fact that it happened against the Thunder, though, just like I, I was, I was overfilled with joy, Joseph. Overfilled that this happened, and the Thunder benefited from Russ being Russ. Yeah, I mean, I must say, sometimes those scenarios, it's very difficult to win those scenarios, right? If you, if you have the ball in your hands in every major possession, sometimes bad stuff happens. I understand that. However, this game was like a major argument in the case. Like, I think he has a legitimate like, mental block at this point. <laughs> this looked like a guy who was, like, having a breakdown. That final possession, in which he, like, just put his head down, just kicked it to a non-existent comment, and he was standing, like, three foot away. I was like, man, I think he just, like... Is it the first round stuff? Is it the fact that it's the Thunder and it's, like, so much pressure? Because 
them like them losing this series is brutal, right? You guys are like you're on a bonus run here. You're having the time of your life. Point God, this is the coach <laughs> of the team. Like they're they're all in. This this was their move to try and win the championship, and it's like he genuinely looked like a guy genu- like legitimately struggling with the situation. You've watched a lot more of him than me. Do you agree? Like what's happened here? Like, I've, very I've, sad. I've watched a lot of Russell Westbrook. That that is true. Russ is a guy who's just he's got to be in rhythm like when he's in rhythm and feeling it there aren't many players better than mm-hmm. him he's yeah. completely out of rhythm in in the bubble i mean he missed he missed time in the bubble because he had covid the injury he missed the first four games of the series he's only played two games the first game yeah. it wasn't really noticeable because they won by 30 so like you know what do you yeah unless he unless he was the big reason you won by 30 you're not gonna be noticeable in a 30 point win and he wasn't this game he was noticeable for the wrong reasons and he's just he's completely out of rhythm and i think he's thrown off the rockets out of rhythm because they're at their best when just harden does stuff and eric gordon is like driving eric gordon can't shoot a lick but i swear he makes every single layup finishes through every all contact and everything so he's completely out of rhythm harden I don't know if he wants the ball, doesn't want the ball. I don't know what D'Antoni is thinking. Look, I I think part of that game is on D'Antoni as well because mm-hmm. Chris Paul goes to the free throw line with 11 seconds left, knocks them both down. D'Antoni has a timeout. He burned one because he, he did the challenge, which was stupid. That's on him. He should have burned this timeout here. Like, you inbound yeah. the ball to Russell Westbrook, what do you think is going to happen? Russell Westbrook is not just going to slowly triple the ball up the, up the court. Like he's he's attacking, and that's yes. what he does. I didn't get that challenge deal. No, and it Weber was, was, it was like, terrible. Weber was like, guy knows what he's doing. Like he gives him time to draw up a play, and in the end, Westbrook just like dribbled, <laughs> dribbled like like he was desperate. Like he, there was no kind of sense of they. It literally looked like a possession of a team that didn't have a timeout, and Russell was just like, let me do it. So then that begs the question, what did D'Antoni decide they were going to do there? Like, I'd, I'd love to know, because it looked like a position that had not a sense of fault to it. So, I don't know, man. This this Game 7 is... Look, all Game 7s are obviously, like, they're terrifying, right? We get the deal. But there's got to be an element of fun for this to you, right? Oh. Because it's like, you kind of are playing with house money. I know, obviously, you guys want to win, desperately, but, my God, if you win... Can't we, wait. We don't... What happens? <laughs> what happens? Oh, Houston? Thursday? Look, if we win game seven, I don't think we're going to win, by the way. I, I, I just don't. I, I, I've i dealt with too much bad... I Rockets fans are like, yeah, we've dealt with a bunch of bad karma, too. Um, but there's been a, just a lot of bad OKC situations yeah. here. It's really, it's really a tale of, like, two teams of, like, all right, well, who has the worst kind of karma coming into this game? Because neither team feel feels good about their yeah. their history when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, if we win on Wednesday night, th- this show on Thursday, no wrestling. Wrestling is banned on Thursday, all right? Wrestling is banned. I don't care that AEW is a pay-per-view on Saturday. I don't care that WWE is coming off a pay-per-view where Roman Reigns is the champion and Keith Lee beat Randy Orton. I don't care. We're not talking wrestling on Thursday okay. if the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Houston Rockets on Wednesday night, all right? It's just going to be a show of us like reviewing Chris Paul tape and then being like, so well, who are we going to trade Harden for the Rockets, <laughs> right? Like. We'll do the full, like, Embiid Simmons deal, but for James Harden. We'll be like, I don't know, Wendell Carter? Maybe, right? <laughs> could do us some length over there. 
I'll be throwing out Hallford packages. It'll be really great. I'm all in on this. We'll do half, we'll do 40 minutes of OKC like celebration and glory, and then we'll close with just like, well, who's taking Westbrook? Doom and gloom Rockets talk to close out the show. I'm in. I'm in on this. I'm telling you right now, folks, if we win on Wednesday, I still don't think we are. Wrestling is banned on Thursday. We're just becoming full-on basketball podcast on yes. Thursday. That's what yes. we're doing. <laughs> I'm going a step further. If you guys win the championship, rest is banned forever. Forever. Okay. We'll that, never see that again. That's one. We'll do it every week during the offseason. We'll be like, see that rumor? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> we never talk wrestling. Sometimes we like veer into MMA maybe, but never ever pro wrestling. I'm saying that now. We definitely we definitely yeah. don't have to worry about uh, OKC winning yeah. the championship. I feel so... I feel relaxed with game seven right now. I know once the game comes, I'll be like, all right, why, don't do that. Like, oh God, they're down three, two minutes into the game. Everything's falling apart. Like, I know how I'll get once the once the game starts. Yeah. Right now, I don't have any type of like nervousness though. Because as you said, they're playing with house money. Like they're not supposed to be mm-hmm. here. Um, nobody, it's not about this season. It was never about this season. It we're going to lose to the Lakers in five games. If we win, like we will beat them in five games. Maybe like it's, it's fine. The only thing that stresses me out is like, I want to beat the Rockets. If we were playing the jazz or the nuggets, I would feel no stress at all. Even during the game, I would be like, eh, whatever, like the jazz nuggets, whatever they, they can move on. I don't have any beef with them or anything. I want to beat this team so bad. I, I've got like the Chris Paul death stare with this team of like, I want to just blow their whole shit up. Like I, I want D'Antoni to question every decision he ever made. Daryl Morey to realize like, we shouldn't have traded Chris Paul in draft picks for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russ to just be like, maybe I should have just stuck around with the thunder. And I don't think that would have been a good de- idea, by the way, if we had Russ on this yeah. team and not Chris Paul. James Harden just questioning of like, I should have just gone to the strip club instead of returning to the bubble. I, this is what I want. And this is what, why I want to win this game. Just wow. the, to slander the Rockets and, on Twitter and, and on this podcast on Thursday. That was an incredible promo. <laughs> All I can think now, when you, you went the route you went, I was like, man, imagine Daryl Morey right now. He's like, can we build around PJ Tucker's game three? <laughs> I don't know. Can we do it? I don't know. I love when, when Weber was like, um, he was like, you know, PJ Tucker would have been a two guard years ago. And I was like, Gee, what a fault that is. <laughs> imagine, imagine they went that way. They were like, Harden hasn't closed games for us. Just put the ball in Tucker's hands. <laughs> get some length on this team. <laughs> Amazing stuff. I'm, I'm excited. This is You've sold me now even more so on this game. There's a game seven tonight, right? No, tomorrow night. Wednesday night. No, but the, there's a game. There's the, oh yeah, the yeah, Nuggets Denver, game, right? yeah, yeah, Denver and Utah tonight. Man, yes, two days of Game Seven is pretty fun. First round, right? You can't argue with that. Oh, I can't wait way. for this Denver Utah game because Mitchell yes. and Murray have just been outstanding. Yeah, that's really what it's become, right? Like yeah. it's, it's it's become Mitchell and Murray. But uh, before we go, because everyone, all of the Heat fans that watch this, you know, all of them, Jeremy, they're gonna be saying, <laughs> "Oh, hold it, stuck in it." Look, guys, there's a thing called denial. If you're a Sixers fan, you experienced it. In great amounts, when Jimmy Butler, as we called him, James, left our team. I know he's very good. Please leave me alone. It hurts. Yes, it hurts that we built a team to beat the team that they're now one up on. It very much hurts, I'm aware. But here's what I'll say. 
I think I want the Heat to win that series. I may be lying to myself, but I genuinely, I have no, like, there's nothing that would make me laugh more outside of the Rockets deal that we've just discussed and, like, them running back the whole Bucks discussion and the trade ideas that they would have to come up with, like, <laughs> we can't just do the same team. Like, they could end up giving you guys something for Chris Paul. Oh, and that would no, be no, no. So here's, here's where I'm at. Ah, yeah, okay. here's where I'm at. Look, if OKC loses Game 7, obviously everybody's tradable and stuff. Uh, Ms. Mark asked me on Twitter last night, and shout out. Yeah, we're, we're going to do shout outs on this show, whatever. Already off to a terrible start. Yeah, yeah. Since <laughs> he asked me, like, do, do they blow it up still? I'm like, yeah. Like, if guys guys are still on the table. Like, you're trading everybody not named Shea, Baisley, and Dort. But if they win game seven, hey, no matter what happens to the Lakers, they can get swept by the Lakers, They whatever happens against the Lakers. If they win a game or two against the Lakers, my God. They got three million draft picks use these draft picks and acquire like an actual another star chris ball's mm-hmm. a star he's point god could should have been the mvp this year acquire another star i got two two names for you joseph you're not gonna like one of them i think you know where i'm going with one of them i think i do yeah al the, Holford, right al yeah. Holford. the first one is Giannis. if the bucks lose in round two as well <laughs> just throw all the draft picks at Giannis. like what are you gonna do what do you, you know, yes. we'll, we'll give you 20 draft picks in the next 10 years and we'll take Giannis for maybe one year. You know, Giannis is only on the last year of his contract. They could be throwing away their entire future for basically a shot at the championship next season. You got to think about it if you're the Bucks, if you're not confident Giannis is resigning. The other is Embiid. We'll give you these draft picks. We'll give you Gallinari. You, you need shooting. Right. You need shooting around Ben Simmons. <laughs> all right. We'll give you Stephen Adams as well. Can you? You got Adams, oh. Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Al Horford, Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> I don't know who you're defending, but you got length. You got a lot of length on that lineup, and we want Embiid. I'm imagining like Steve Adams setting screens and we're like, hang on, where's the guy? And the guy's guarding Ben from like, underneath the body. He's like, there is here, Steve. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. Look, man, I've said I'll make no jokes about this matter because I dread every day the news alert of, like, actual trade request. And the irony is we would end up getting a package a lot worse than the one that you're suggesting because at least there's loads of picks in your yes. insane Yeah, we're, we're giving up picks. Yeah. I'm not just trading Adams and Gallinari for a beat. I'm not that foolish. <laughs> um, yeah, look, man, I, I don't know, but I was off the Twitter last night so I could watch the games today. And, like, logging on and the first thing I see is just loads of Embiid content, not the best start. I'm going to be honest, yeah. So my answer is deal. We're on. Let's go. <laughs> Adam's front call. Who says no, Jeremy? Huh? <laughs> Who says no? That would give you 10 and 6 any night. A Simmons and Adams. The, the, the free throws in that pairing is something, right? Just the general <laughs> shooting, but the free throws will be something. Could you imagine an actual starting lineup that is Ben Simmons, uh, Tobias Harris, Danilo Gallinari, Al Horford, and Steven Adams? Simmons just got in all five men at once. Yeah. <laughs> Horford every once in a while start, but yeah, that'd be very... Tobias at two guard is a terrifying fall. That is <laughs> horrific. Shivers down the spine stuff. Very bad. Uh, next week, we will be back reviewing... You ready for this, Joseph? Yes. A film starring Viscera, King of the Ring winner Mabel, 
uh, also wow. known as yes. Dave Batista, Rob Van Dam, wrong side of town. Okay. This was what a, kind of film is this, Jeremy? Do what? What kind of film is it? Is this I, one of those films that no one knows exists and no one's supposed to? In order to save his kidnapped daughter, an ex-Marine is forced to take on a gang of killers when an accident leaves the brother of a malicious criminal dead. Sounds very promising. <laughs> I'm telling you now, Batista has just like thrown his phone at the wall. He's like, I can't <laughs> believe someone's found it. He's like, they were so nice on Stover, and here we go. Everything's about to fall apart for me. Let me tell you who Don't else worry. is in this film. Okay. Stormy Daniels, the porn star who had sex with Donald Trump. So I don't know what that means, but (laughs) and Ja Rule is in this film. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is definitely a film that you're not supposed to know existed. You know, that. this is definitely not one of those. It's a DVD cover and nothing else. It's like maybe we can steal some people's money. I don't know. This was this was 100 percent a request from uh, Sean Ross Sapp. So it's his fault. If this film sucks, he's been begging me for begging is a little uh, over the top. That's okay. He's he's asked me to review this film. And I was like, we, you know, we're backlogged with requests, buddy. We're we're a highly rated program. You know, we get a ton of requests. We can't just bend to your will and and do this just because you ask. We finally got around to it. We're going to do it. Wrong side of town. Okay. I was going to say, man, it's hard enough for you just shuffling through like the trade suggestions and your mentions, right? You must get so many like, what about this? What about, what about that? It's always fun. I'm glad we give Mismark a shout out on here. Yeah. Official. If you're an NBA fan, it should be like, whoa, shout And it's like, Mismark. <laughs> the big three. You know? That's where would, I'm at. I would be so much happier if my, my basketball tweets did half as well. I mean, a quarter as well. Of my rest, that, that the Kenny Omega tweet with Jim Ross, another another <clears throat> viral tweet. Just the people went crazy over it. What is this tweet? I have no idea what this tweet is. Oh my god! Uh, do you watch Being the Elite? All right, you know uh, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have to go. No, I was trying know. to out you as a <laughs> as not a true, not truly being all elite. Um, I'm in a different clique in part of it. I'm part of that roster, but very different section. You're right? in the Cody section, not the Kenny yes. Omega section. That's fair. Yes, watching Crockett takes while yeah. they shoot their YouTube show. Yeah, yeah. Very that, much so. That's fair. Um, well, they, they tease the return of the cleaner Kenny Omega uh, for oh, wow. whenever. And so my tweet was just like, Kenny Omega returns as the cleaner on Saturday. And then it was Excalibur says, the cleaner. Kenny Omega is the cleaner. Jim, the cleaner is here. The cleaner is back, and then Jim Ross says, I see it. He's got sunglasses. What the fuck? People loved it. People thought it was great. If you read it in their voices, it, I guess it comes off better than just me reading it in my voice. But, yeah, people people, people love that kind of stuff. You know, honestly, it's a funny tweet, but the, the true comedy in it is the fault it's given me, which is like, you know, Cody says he has these sit-down talks with Jim Ross where he like, explains what's going on and like, this is what we're doing tonight. Like, imagine the conversation about the cleaner character. And he's like, he's called the clean, like, here's a broom. And Jim is just sitting there like, sorry, what? where are we going here? Like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be something. I love the people who are excited about the cleaner being back. Yeah. It's, it, it proves to me that I truly am in my own planet because I could not care less about the cleaner <laughs> returning, sunglasses, broom and all. It, it doesn't, but still, how do you feel? That's for Thursday when we don't talk about wrestling. 
That's right. right. That that, yes. that could be the only wrestling talk we do on this podcast this week. If Strong. the point God has anything to say about it. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, either talking wrestling or basketball. It depends on what Russell, uh, it does depend on what Russell Westbrook really decides does. to do, honestly. <laughs> I think it's in the hands of Westbrook more than anybody else in the world. So if you want us to talk wrestling, tell Russell Westbrook to play really well for the Houston Rockets. If you want us to talk basketball, tell him to play really well for the OKC Thunder. Um, we'll be back Saturday with the Go Home Show for the TEW Distraction Series. Um, TEW, the Distraction TEW Series. Go home show for SummerSlam. Two episodes left of the TEW series for us. And then next week, we got another movie review. I'm doing the all-out post-show podcast on Saturday. Joseph's birthday is on Saturday as well. Yes. Everyone sent their presents, I'm sure. Right? Yes. Everyone must have sent gifts by now. Okay, yes. very exciting. I, would, I mean, that's really what the Thursday is going to be. It's going to be a birthday celebration and Thunder celebration podcast, hopefully. Can't get any better than that. Sounds like the best show ever. Really I'm going to smash the Pepsi Max with you. We're going to have a great oh, time. Man. man, we're really getting wild. Now. Let's go. I'm ready. Um, so that uh, we're, we're going to do that on Saturday. Yeah, the post show's on Saturday, so I'll be on that. Alex McCarthy, my sworn enemy, the James Harden to my Chris Paul, is going to be on the show with me. Um, and, yeah, otherwise we'll be back next week. Follow Joseph on Twitter, at Joe Holbrook5. Mm-hmm. Do you have all-out features? Two. Two. I have Jonathan Moxley and the FTR. Okay. One of them is pretty bad. The other one is really good. Tell me which one you think it is. If you're wrong, you're blocked. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert 88. We will talk to everybody on Thursday. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.